The I Love You So Much podcast is proudly sponsored by Hilton. Discover Austin and choose from one of our many brands, including Hilton, Embassy Suites by Hilton, Doubletree by Hilton, Hampton Inn & Suites, and Home to Suites by Hilton. See more, save more. Stay at Hilton. Unlock local experiences at travel.hilton.com. Welcome to I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast, a show for everyone caught up in an ongoing love affair with Austin, even if it's complicated. I'm Addie Broyles. And I'm Alyssa Vidalis, coming to you from the shores of Lady Bird Lake and the offices of the Austin American Statesman. Ty Austin's favorite holiday memories involve driving around in the big family van with all 10 of his siblings, sipping hot cocoa from styrofoam cups, and looking at Christmas lights. Now that he's an adult and a full-time musician living in Austin, the former voice contestant is giving back with his own holiday tradition, a free, family-friendly Christmas show coming up later this month. In this week's episode, he chats with Austin 360 music writer Deborah Sengupta Stith about growing up in a Mormon family and creating a side hustle that involves baked goods. What's the difference between the Trail of Lights and Coda's Winter Wonderland? How can you give gifts to kids without spoiling them? Austin 360 writers Kristen Finan and Nicole Villalpando join I Love So Much co-host Addie Broyles to talk about local winter wonderlands, Santa photo ops, and family activities that can keep everyone busy. They also talked about two charity campaigns that allow Austinites to give back in unique ways. But first, let's check in with Deborah and Ty, who has likely already baked more cakes than you this holiday season. Ty Austin, welcome to I Love You So Much. Thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. So, uh, we were going to talk about a bunch of things. Ty is a singer, a songwriter here in Austin, and you have a, a big Christmas show coming up. Um, so, tell me about that. Cool. Uh, December 21st, my band is going to be performing at Geraldine's inside Hotel Van Zandt, and it is our Motown Christmas extravaganza, I guess, uh, where I love Christmas, so we're going to be performing a bunch of my favorites, but also, I guess, everybody else's favorites and uh, some random songs as well. Ooh, cool. What is your favorite, favorite Christmas song? Uh, well, it is a tie between the Christmas song mm-hmm. and uh, All I Want for Christmas and uh, <laughs> <laughs> This Christmas. There we go. Yes. What is it about those songs that, that resonates with you? Um... I let's see the Christmas song reminds me of growing up watching Bing Crosby films and all I want for Christmas and this Christmas it's more the the production mm, the, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know there's something about certain instruments that just uh, for some reason they just make me think Christmas so I wanted to talk a little bit you have a very interesting childhood story so can you yeah. talk to me a little bit about growing up what, what is your background uh, let's see, I was adopted when I was four days old um, by a lovely Mormon couple, Marine family, conservative, uh, moved around quite a bit and everywhere we moved around it seemed like we adopted another kid. <laughs> uh, you know, some people collect spoons, I think my parents collect kids. So, um, How many siblings do you have? Uh, technically, I have... Five brothers and five sisters. That is a big family. Yeah, my parents just recently adopted two more kids. Wow, yeah. wow. So what So what was Christmas like then? Uh, Big. Uh, man, I just remember like 
especially when I'm little or when I was little, uh, sleeping in uh, the bed with, we all picked one bed and we would run in there and sleep in there or, you know, something like that. Um, And trying to will yourself to fall asleep because, you know, Santa's coming the next day and then uh, so many kids means a ton of presents. And I don't know how my parents put all that together, but you wake up, you run into the red room because my mom had a room special for guests that kids weren't allowed to go into the red room the red room yeah that's it's so uh risque yeah yeah. (laughs) for the guest room (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) but you know big tree lots of gifts everybody's freaking out and right paper everywhere and just i don't know happiness and food oh man the food I love Christmas because it's like we would go, you know, leading the days leading up, we would we would drive around neighborhoods and look at all the Christmas lights. And my mom would make these big batches of hot cocoa and we watch Christmas um, movies. And I think the the days leading up, my mom would make all these different types of Christmas cookies, put them in the freezer and then bring them all out like for Christmas Eve. And we just have this nice family celebration and. So you said your family was Mormon, yep. but uh, you still did Santa. Yeah, definitely. Was there a big religious component to Christmas too? Uh, for yeah, Mormons, you know, um, it's Christmas is Christmas. Uh, as far as I know, it's pretty much the same, minus like mass or uh, <laughs> um, we. There's a lot of religious. Uh, oh yeah, so yeah, parents are very religious. Um, my mom would always do like the have the nativity scene and uh, she also had these little puppets and stuff and she would go over the story of the birth of Christ and you know then we also had a lot of movies little cartoons you know religious cartoons that would be about the same thing um, but also the Grinch and right yeah, right Rudolph. so so Jesus cartoon and yeah yeah plus exactly the Grinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah got it mm-hmm. got it work it all in yeah, yep you know yep. So um, you yourself are a baker. I am. So uh, that's kind of your side hustle, other gig. What is your favorite thing to make at Christmas time? What are some of your favorites? Um, I love making pie. I love making pie. Uh, And cherry pie, apple pie, specific apple rosemary pie. Mm. And then I just got hip to the whole bourbon chocolate pecan pie. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Were you doing chocolate pecan, but not doing the bourbon? Oh, I'm sorry. Bourbon, chocolate, coconut pecan. Ooh. Yeah. That's what, it, that's what the kicker is. Yeah. Right, right. The yeah. coconut is the kicker? Yeah. So were you already doing bourbon, chocolate, Definitely pecan? Definitely doing bourbon and sometimes chocolate, but throwing in that, that coconut, that just adds an extra, extra deliciousness, extra delight. I don't know. Right, yeah. right. So you um, you began baking uh, when you were going through cancer treatment. That's yeah. correct, right? Yep. So can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, cancer or baking? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> when when I was, uh, uh, let's see, when I started, I guess when I was maybe halfway into my treatment, which was like a three-year uh, journey, um, my sleep schedule was off. I mean, even more so being a musician, your sleep schedule is kind of off, but even more so. Uh, because they would give me this this one drug that would make me sleep throughout the day, and then I'm up, I'd just be up all night. And uh, I, you know, you go down these rabbit holes when you're on social media. And I started watching all these baking videos and icing, you know, icing cake and and uh, decorating pies, and they're very very mesmerizing. 
And I was like, huh, I wonder if I could do that. Right. And I decided to try my hand at it. And uh, when I I become obsessed and I just want to get it right and try to keep on perfecting it. So I was, uh, I, I, I don't know. The, the first cake was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible, yeah. Had you, had you done much baking before then? I think... The baking, like everybody does, like I want to bake cookies or, you know, right. like I'm hungry. and I, Right. Yeah. But this was more like, I just want to see if I can do it. Right. And then I'll just give it away or, right. you know, yeah. So not really. My mom is the baker. Right. And the same thing, you know, the Christmas cookies and stuff. She, that's what I remember. I, I guess that was also nostalgic for me. So yeah, trying to recreate what my mom did and then, you know. <laughs> yeah and now she sends me these pictures and she's like well it's not as good as yours <laughs> <laughs> so um so do you have any tips then you make a lot of pies pies are kind of tricky what what is the secret uh i believe the secret for the crust me my favorite crust is just the the tried and true crisco recipe it's super easy um it's on their website it's on the back of like every crisco uh thing but the 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 real secret is um this is five to eight tablespoons of water really you can do half a cup of water don't be afraid of the water because a lot of times people they experience like breaking of uh uh the crust while they're trying to roll it out and everything and it's probably just because it's dry so when you're making it don't be afraid to use your water because you can always add more flour right right and temperature is important right yes it is um so temperature um, cakes or uh, uh, pies, you know, I think they range from like what, 350 to 400. But what I'm discovering now for cake that I'm starting to do is, uh, bake at 325 instead of 350. I think most recipes say 350, but really go for the 325 and you create a really nice and fluffy cake. Mm. Also another tip, vegan cake really easy to make you can look up on a lot of different websites like uh even if you're using a box cake anybody can make a vegan cake Interesting. you can get a box cake just go go online to make sure that it's vegan and then get some flaxseed and most of them just require water oil and then flaxseed instead of um uh water i mean uh, eggs and mm-hmm. you just made yourself a vegan cake super easy and delicious and delicious yes. awesome Awesome. So uh, you said you haven't been doing as much baking this year because you've been busy. Is that it? That's exactly it. And usually I stack like a ton of orders. And this time I'm just trying to do very, very minimal, but and then balance. Right. So what's coming up next for you after after the holidays going into the new year? What does 2019 look like for you? Travel, travel, travel. That's my big thing. I do a lot of these gigs and uh, get to meet a lot of people. And then that incur- it makes it's encouraged me to get out more and travel. So I pretty much try to buy a ticket um, to go somewhere each month. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, lots of travel. And then, of course, I've been writing a lot of new music. So is there any kind of a new release? in the uh, No, I'm not going to I'm not going to stress myself out with it. De- definitely going to be releasing. Right. stuff but i don't have a specific deadline i've written a ton of songs uh and now it's just a it's a matter of you know figuring it out taking my time and uh yeah living life yeah yeah so uh let's go back to the christmas show that's yes. coming up yes let's talk about that what can people expect from that show i've let's see 
We've got a nine-piece band, so we got Whoa. horns and you know, big band and some different singers coming through. I've invited about five different singers to come and duet or sing their own song, and uh, it's like tie-in friends, mm. and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's my favorite thing to do each year. I love Christmas. Uh, last year, it was so fun, and so many people came, and I felt really bad for the waiters or the servers because I was like, I don't know, this is just a lot, but maybe it was good. Right, uh, right. And well, hopefully, people were feeling loose and charitable with the tips. Oh, definitely. Because yeah. you know, yeah. Christmas season. Yeah, and we're gonna attempt to do some wham as well. What? <laughs> yeah, no, right. Throwing that in. I do love that song. It's a great song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sad Christmas, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. uh mm-hmm. yeah, it's a fabulous one. And that and it is not as big of a departure from the Motown theme as people might think. I don't think so. No, no, no. You know, George Michael, he's pretty R and B based, you know. Yeah. 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 I was a huge George Michael fan yeah. growing up. I had a huge poster of him on the wall. Oh, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Oh, man. George Michael. Yep. 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 So there's going to be some George Michael. Yep. There's going to be what else? Uh, some Mariah Carey hits. Uh, Stevie Wonder, of course. Um, uh, Jackson 5. Uh, what else are we doing? Nat King Cole. Um, Deborah Lee, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Uh, it's really bad with names. Oh, of course, PJ Morton because I'm obsessed with PJ Morton. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting. We've. I mean, we've got a lot of classics, and then uh, the fun stuff. Oh, um, da na na da na da na na Donny Hathaway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just. Oh man, there's so many great songs, and uh, oh man, there is one. My my new favorite. Uh, it's it's a blend of go tell it on the mountain and ain't no mountain mm. and it was it's so amazing I cannot remember who sings it uh, Drew Davis sent it over because mm-hmm. she's going to be joining and she's like we have to do this song and I was like we do have to do this song. wow yeah yeah um yeah just a lot there's a lot of talented musicians that are going to be playing with us and I don't know everybody's pretty excited I think I'm more excited i started listening to christmas music much to their disdain in october <laughs> but i was like i just have to get my mind right you know i right. have to make sure we pick the right songs right and, right yeah yeah i i feel like more than any other holiday music is integrated yeah. into christmas in a way and i feel like hearing those songs brings up memories for all of us definitely do you have a favorite christmas music memory you'd like to share christmas music memory um, honestly, it is when we would go, um, driving through the, the city or whatever town we lived in, uh, packing all these kids into this van and we would have these, these little styrofoam cups full of hot chocolate and we're just looking at all the, uh, the Christmas lights and my mom would be the champion choir director and we would just sing christmas songs uh i don't know if it was annoying to my dad or whatever no he's having a good time but yeah we just sing christmas songs as we're driving down getting chocolate wasted you know <laughs> all these kids hopped up on sugar before bed you know right, yeah right. that's a treat 
That uh, uh, that sounds amazing. And P.S. <laughs> your parents managed to assemble their own <laughs> private choir. They did. <laughs> yeah. That is so fabulous. Well, it sounds like the show is going to be super fun. And um, thank you so much for coming in and talking to thank us. Thank you for inviting me. Happy holidays, Kristen Finan and Nicole Villapondo. Yes. Hello. Happy so, holidays. Are you guys ready for the Christmas break? No. 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 Yeah, not quite. Oh, man. No. I'm like counting the days. <laughs> so we have plans to go up to Missouri for some of that, but we will be here killing time, trying to keep the kids busy, avoiding cabin fever. So I'm mm-hmm. looking to my mama friends in the newsroom. What do you guys do to keep your kids busy this time of year? So I think one of the really important things is that you have to actually exit the house, mm. right? So I like the idea of planning every single day to have an activity. It doesn't have to be a huge activity. There's lots of stuff going on at your public library. So look it up um, online or you can follow my Raising Austin um, calendar every week. Um, so find something that you're going to do every day. You know, maybe ask the kids what they want to do, but something where you're going to leave. And I really love because, you know, it's Austin and a lot of times it's not that cold and we even have some warm snaps in there and it may not be raining the entire time. So if you can go take a hike or explore a new park or do something outside so that kids are moving and you're not um, just sitting around watching the same TV shows. Playing Fortnite all day. Right, playing Fortnite all day long. It seems like every family could have an Austin bucket list or even a Hill Country day trip bucket list. And they could revisit that at this time of year. Where it's like, hey, we've always wanted to do fill in the blank. That way you're not staring around looking at each other saying, what are we going to do today, guys? Right. Like, I I don't know about you guys, but until people come into town, half the time I don't go to all the big, you know, major spots. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't actually go to the state capitol until I had to cover it for a story, right? Yep. Like all those, like the Bullock Museum, exactly. the Think Great, like those, you know, staples that you would send your friends to, mm-hmm. but then you forget to do yourselves. Well, there are new exhibits at the Blanton. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the old favorites. There's Bullock new ways to look one. at it. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So Kristen, you have done some pretty fun specialty holiday activities already this year. Yes. Tell us about some of your favorites. Yeah, we started early. We were really eager in our house to kick off Christmas. So... Um, we already did Winter Wonderland Dakota, and that is back for the second year. Last year, it kind of made a big splash um, coming in and, you know, advertising all these big things like the Ferris wheel and a, a light tunnel and real snow, and you can do uh, pictures with Santa. And so this year, it's the same, but they've added this Chinese Lantern Festival that's actually really fun um, to walk around. There's like crescent moons that look like banana faces and just all these really fun um shapes and objects. There's even a tunnel that has all of the years and it tells you, you know, based on your birth year, the Chinese Zodiac, like what your personality traits are, which was really fun with the kids to see what it aligned to. Although my daughter was upset to learn she was the year of the rat. Mm -hmm. Um, But we really played up her positive qualities that are rat-like. So it worked out fine. Um, But it was really great. You know, it's it's a good alternative to the Trail of Lights. I was going to ask, how is it different? What are the pros and cons versus, I mean, Trail of Lights, we sort of associate with a little hard to get to in terms of parking, but it's also an Austin classic. Right. I think the thing is, what I love about Winter Wonderland is the times I've been, it's never been crowded. So you can walk around. It's really spacious. It doesn't feel stressful. And we have a bunch of kids with us. So that's really nice. Um, the parking is also free, although you have to take a shuttle over and then admission is like $16. 
So if you want to go and see lights and do all the basics like photos with Santa, that kind of stuff is all included. But then there's extras for like a petting zoo or a camel ride or Mm -hmm. these other like the carnival games. So you're going to spend a lot if you want to do everything. But if you're looking for just like doing the light thing and getting the photos with Santa, it's not that bad. It's pretty comparable to Trail of Lights. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys ever take your families to go look at lights either around the city or go out to Johnson City? Oh, yeah. Like, okay, so my family is Jewish, but... Around Christmas time, we do like tours of the neighborhood, like randomly. Let's go see what everybody or we'll do walking tours or we'll go check out other neighborhoods. And and so how do you find out which neighborhoods are good? Um, Well, I live down south, so I know it's Circle C is really great yeah. and uh, the Western Trails areas. So, you know, yeah. you just kind of, you know. Well, certain neighborhoods have a, well, they have a reputation. Kristen, there's yes. another one that's coming back this year. That's right. 37th Street. This has been, growing up in Austin, it became an, a tradition. And mm-hmm. it's something, if you've been here a long time, you know about this one street, like off of Guadalupe, right near campus, just goes nuts. And it was like that for, I feel like it was like that for a really long time. And then a couple of years ago, they just kind of stopped. I think they had a lot of turnover and, and neighbors moving out. And so I went, I think it was two or three years ago, and there were only a couple houses lit up, and it really, like, wasn't a thing. And so it was really sad. You know, it kind of felt like this, you know, iconic Austin destination had ended. But this year, they're bringing it back. The neighbors have gotten together, and they say that they're going to do it upright. They're doing a big um, party to celebrate it, and they're expecting, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people to come out, and it's supposed to be up all season. So I cannot wait. I'm hoping that they keep it, you know, as good as it used to be or better and I'm I'm excited. It's I'm just so happy it didn't die. It would be both a curse and a blessing to live on that street. Right. Oh, yes. Year. I mean, sure. fun to participate. Pretty exhausting to have all those people there. But what a gift to the city to have a free experience that's, you know, neighborhood friendly, family and friendly. Eclectic and eclectic. Totally eclectic. Yeah. Yes. And Amy's Ice Cream's right across the street, which is our favorite stop afterwards. So. Um, well, Whole Foods is doing their ice skating again on the mm-hmm. rooftop. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of standard things like that that are going on. Um, but one thing that also remains the same, and this is a nice little pivot into a project near and dear to our hearts is season for caring mm-hmm. which is now in its 20th year that yep. nicole oversees we've raised more than well you tell us the stats where, um, where are we at? well in life we've raised more than how many over the years oh it, over the years is 11.6 million before we started this year and so we, we're so looking forward we're hoping to, to cross that 12 million threshold yes, yes i think i think we'll get there i would love to get to 13 million but you know you never know you so, never know what will happen so for listeners who aren't familiar with season for caring tell us about it so every year we choose a dozen families they are nominated by local nonprofit agencies and we highlight their stories and then we ask our readers to give and they give in both monetary donations and they give in um, looking at the wish list and deciding to give an item on the wish list. And Season for Caring doesn't just help those 12 families. It ends up helping hundreds of families throughout the year. We cover a lot of basic necessities like rent and medical bills and utilities and clothing and groceries, all the stuff that you know we as, as parents often feel very lucky that we can afford for our children. Um, but we are helping people from birth to death. And we've you know, we've done a lot of funerals and, and that kind of thing, but we've also paid for a lot of, you know, newborn care. And so there's things. an opportunity, you know, for every, everyday things like socks and right. HEB grocery cards right. to mattresses and bed frames. And well, are, didn't the mattresses get done We have this year? factory mattress again. So yay. yay. And you also have, um, you know, standing supporters. P. Terry's mm-hmm. always does a day of giving. Whataburger yes. makes yes. a huge donation every year. Yeah, we have, we have been very, very lucky in that our business community 
once they kind of find us, they it becomes part of their tradition. We have companies that will adopt a family, and like every year, they're calling me in November, like who you got this year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's really exciting, and it's amazing because I get to see these families throughout this month, especially when they're starting to get stuff. And at first, you know, they're they're, they're really thinking that nothing's going to happen, and then all of a sudden, things start happening, mm-hmm. and it and it's it can be overwhelming for them, but it's also really wonderful. And then the following November, I get to talk to every single one of them and they all talk about like, we've never had a Christmas like this before. We've never experienced this kind of outpouring of love and care from our community. And most of them are much better than they were the year before. You know, sometimes some of the problems are things that are medical, like we can't solve that. Mm -hmm. Although we have had a liver donated before, but most times, you know, we, Oh my gosh, (laughs) we can't solve this, but we can at least make this year a better year and, and lessen some of the worry. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you talk to kids about this? I mean, like mine are at this age where they are aware that there are inequities and that Mm -hmm. there's pain and suffering. Um, and, but looking for opportunities to help engage them in this whole process of giving back. How, what do you recommend? I mean, you've been writing about parenting column for years. Right. So, um, my Girl Scout troop actually always, um, you know, they get the insider track, but they always adopt a season for caring family. And, you know, when they were little, it was, we would look for one where they had kids and so they'd buy them toys. Now it's just a gift card. They go and they buy a gift card because my, my girls are in high school. Um, so just making it part of that pattern, part of that family tradition where every year you're thinking about not just what you're going to get, but what you're going to give. And sometimes it can be non-material things. Um, it could be, you know, we've had people who have donated services like tutoring. Mm -hmm. So if you have a kid who's a high schooler who knows how to tutor, you know, a a kid in math and elementary school, like that could be something they could give. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, we've had lots of kids just empty their piggy banks. We've had kids do bake sales for season for caring. You know, it's been some really great stories. Okay. So Kristen has a nonprofit near and dear to her heart and you have young kids for whom, you know, volunteering at the food bank might not be appropriate, but you have found a really cool way to engage families to get back to Austin. Tell us about it. Yeah. So, um, so my husband and I were foster parents. We have been for about four years. And so, a trend that we noticed with the kiddos that were coming to our doorsteps were just they were coming with absolutely nothing. And you actually, you know, you hear about foster kids coming into care with nothing or with this trash bag. And, you know, the sad truth is it's still the way that it happens. Usually if it's like literally a trash bag, like literally carrying a trash bag and usually with like one or two random items. We had one come with like a swimsuit in February, you know, so there are just things that don't make sense. It's just a rush and it's it's nobody's fault necessarily. It's a traumatic situation. The caseworker, you know, doesn't have time. So what we wanted to do is make a solution to that, which um, are called Hope Packs. So the nonprofit um, that I started is called Carrying Hope and Hope Packs are filled with everything that a child that's entering foster care would need for the first 48 hours. So it's all brand new stuff, things like pajamas, clothing, underwear and socks, and then also fun stuff like a toy and an activity and a book and always a nightlight and a flashlight to give comfort and care for the, those first nights, which can be scary in a new hope. Sorry, excuse me, which can be scary in a new home for sure. Mm. And um, what we really are big on is kids helping kids. So um, that's another thing we had struggled with even before we became foster parents is how do you get kids engaged, like you said, Addie, in a way where it's meaningful and where it's not kind of more work for everybody. You know, some some groups say, okay, yeah, we'll take kid volunteers, but you get there and there's nothing to do or it's more trouble than it's worth. And so for us, what we really ask people to do is just go out. We have lists on our website of what a complete hope pack entails. And so we'll say, okay, you have a six-year-old girl. 
can you go out and shop for another six-year-old girl? And so not only is it starting this dialogue about foster care with young children so that they have this knowledge that not everyone has the same family situation as they do, but they're also the experts. They make the coolest pack because they know exactly what a six-year-old wants. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody. And it really helps us out because we want those to be filled with what kids really need and what they really want. Mm, That's so cool. How many packs have you gathered so far? Um, We've done almost 3,000 in the two years since we started. Oh, my gosh. So if people wanted to donate packs, they would find out how through the website? Yeah, you just go to carryinghope.com and all the lists are there broken down. We do packs from um, newborn up to age 18. And you can just print out the list and put it together and drop it by. Or you can also order them online and they'll ship to us. So either way. Uh, well, it's such a great reminder that this holiday spirit is not about buying things for other people that they don't necessarily need, but tapping into the giving spirit of the general season. So thanks. Guys and I so would much. like to add, you know, mm-hmm. teachers get a lot of food. They get a lot of candles. They get a lot of like soap that they're never going to use. And um, some of my teacher friends, my mom was a teacher. One of the things that they have loved the most is um, when somebody makes a donation in their honor to a cause that's Mm. really dear to them. Or um, we have a whole school, Grisham Middle School, that for years has been adopting a season for caring family. And it started with a teacher saying, please don't get me gifts. Instead, get gifts for a family. And the kids choose the family and... They all, instead of giving the teachers gifts, they buy something for our season for caring family. And it has really been very, very meaningful for that school and especially for those teachers. Mm, That's so sweet. Um, Well, I'll contribute to this that um, to me, it's really important this time of year to reach out to people who don't have big families or Mm -hmm. a lot of support, you know, neighbors, older people. I deliver Meals on Wheels and it's become really important for me to have conversations with them that are that are more more meaningful than just hey here's your food and uh you know just checking in on people there's a lot of loneliness right now Mm -hmm. and uh, particularly if you've lost somebody in the past year you've lost parents or siblings or kids and um it's just a really important time to reach out and that can be just the most meaningful gift that you can possibly give and it's free it's a phone call or a text or i mean you could drop a note in the mail all that good stuff so um well thanks guys so much for joining us and i hope you have a wonderful holiday season thank you thank Thank you. you And that's our show. Thanks for listening. And thanks for our sponsor, Hilton Austin. Our theme music is provided by local band Hardproof. To keep up with us online, we're Love Austin 360 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you get a chance, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast. I love you so much. The Austin 360 podcast is a production of the features staff at the Austin American Statesman. And the show is produced by Alyssa Vidalis and Addie Broyles. You can find everything you'd ever want to know about this show and its contributors at austin360.com slash loveaustin360. And if you want to pitch us an idea for the show or give us some feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com or leave us a voicemail at 512-912-2504. We couldn't do the show without you, dear listeners, and we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and your boozy cups of hot cocoa. Until next week, we'll see you spinning under the Zilker tree. Thank you.